I'm Mindy Peterson, and this is Enhanced Life with Music, a holistic look at the power of music in our everyday lives. Joining me today from Sydney, Australia, through the wonders of technology, is Erin Thompson. Erin is an author, creative director, fellow podcaster, and entrepreneur. He's with me today to talk about his roles as chief rocker and joy pusher. Welcome to Enhanced Life with Music, Erin. Thanks, Mindy. Great to be here with you. Erin, you have a very varied background, so much so that your wife made you promise not to start any new businesses without her permission. That's right. She did give you permission, though, to launch your latest venture or a recent venture anyway, Song Saga. Tell us what Song Saga is and how it came to be and how it came to receive the golden seal of approval from your wife. <laughs> okay, sure. So uh, <laughs> Song Saga is a, uh, a music and memory game that gets people sharing the stories and soundtracks of their lives. It sort of um, unlocks memories and helps us reconnect joyfully to the past experiences of our lives, and also with the people that we play the game with. If you've ever played Cards Against Humanity, which is very popular, it's similar to that in that it's a box full of cards that are designed to spark moments and uh, of music and memories that have meaning to you, but you play it with a music app handy. So you might have you know, Tidal or Spotify or Amazon Music or something like that going while you play. And um, the origin story of Song Saga is, and the the reason I got the green light to to try and throw <laughs> it out into the world was, um, um, my wife Amy was in part responsible for helping bring it into the world. And and what happened was, uh, you know, if you can remember twenty years ago, Steve Jobs famously walked out on a stage, held up the first iPod, and said, 20,000 songs in your pocket," and everyone kind of lost their minds. Like, what? How do I even? Mm-hmm you know, what am I even going to do with 20,000 songs? Right. And fast fast forward to now. And um, we've all got like, depending on which music app you have in your pocket, 60 to 80 million songs. Right. And we all have the same songs, even if we don't access them all or look at that library the same way. And to me, this was really fascinating because it's like, we're all walking around with all this incredible music in our pocket, but we does most of it we're never going to listen to. And the stuff that has meaning for us is really special and important, but what about the stuff that's special and important to other people? So this was sort of just percolating in the back of my mind. And then uh, simultaneously, my wife and I had sort of created sort of like these COVID lockdown dance parties for two. And we started to gamify those events by creating (laughs) rules around who could play what music. And if you played a good song, you earned the right to play another song. But if you killed the buzz and the dance floor vibe disappeared, then I would take over. And and then we just sort of, it, we it sort of evolved into this massive Google Doc full of rules that only she and I were ever going to understand. But what had, what had triggered for me was the idea that you could potentially gamify the massive music libraries that we all own, right? So now I have these two things kind of percolating in my brain. And then we went away for a long weekend uh, with some friends. And after dinner, we're sitting around listening to some music, uh, drinking some wine, talking shit. And my wife's, it happened to be the anniversary of my father-in-law's passing. And so my wife, Amy said, hey guys, do you mind if I play a song that reminds me of my dad in honor of him? And we're all like, of course, Mm -hmm. yeah, go for it. Mm -hmm. So she plays um, Here Comes the Sun by the Beatles. Do-do-do-do, right? Beautiful song. Yeah. We all listen. We appreciate. We think about Robert, her dad, and we have this moment. But then she 
sort of spontaneously shares this story about how as a young girl coming home from school after high school, she would run to his wood shop. He was a woodworker and he kept his stereo and all his records in the wood shop because he wanted to play the music loud while he was working and he didn't want to disturb his wife back in the main house. So Amy would come <laughs> running home from school and go into the wood shop with her dad and listen to records with him and dance in the sawdust and you know have these really special bonding moments over music with her father. And we're all like, wow, that's what a cool thing to learn about you and a great story. And we're all kind of sitting around pondering that. And then uh, my friend Tim was like, well, you know, I have a song that reminds me of my dad and a story. Mm -hmm. And so he tells this hilarious story about, uh, sort of sad, but hilarious story about his Dad wasn't around much and then eventually left, but the fondest memories he has of his father when he was a young child was bath time. And there was this silly song like, bath time's fun, spaghetti in the tub, everybody rub, dub, dub, you know, whatever it was, you know? And so we've gone from like the Beatles to like whatever that was. You know? And then and then our and then basically we went around the room and everybody, it turned out, had a story that reminded them of their father and a, a song. Mm. And we were like, that's magical. And it was so much fun. And we learned so many new things about each other and heard music that we would never have heard before. And like all this uh -huh. stuff was happening, which is so great that we decided to pick another topic and go again. And and so basically what happened was on the way home from that weekend, I was like, I got it. I know what the game is now. I know how to do it. And so it took me it took me a month from that night to prototype Song Saga, and then it took a year to get it to market. And sometime during that time, you explained the idea, the concept to Amy, and she gave you the green light. Yeah, she was on board with the idea always, but there was a moment in time where I was kind of like, I remember I was in the kitchen, I was holding up the prototype box, and I was like, I think this might be a thing. Like, is this a thing? And she's like, <laughs> yeah, I can see her face now. She's reluctantly like, yes. <laughs> you know, like, uh, <laughs> you know, just like, damn it, you're doing something else now. And, you know, it's it's been a really interesting journey because, you know, my background and my career has all been kind of service-based and creative, service industry-based. And now I'm in a product business and there's a massive learning curve. It's a completely different world. Hmm. Well, is that why the box is green? Is because she gave it the green light? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, little known secret. My my game plan, my big idea was that um, a music app would be the perfect kind of brand or creative partner for this game. Because obviously, mm. it's the cornerstone of how you play the game is with a music app. And so my mm -hmm. idea at the time was, man, I'm going to create this and I'm going to sell it to Spotify and they'd be crazy not to jump on board and get involved. It's going to increase usage mm -hmm. of their platform. It's going to increase discovery, all the things that they uh -huh. say they stand for, this game delivers. So without that was as far as I got in terms of color palette. I just went, okay, it's Spotify green and black. And then when I show it to them, they're going to be like, duh, of course we have to acquire this. Uh -huh. um, that hasn't happened. So if anyone from Spotify is listening, don't <laughs> miss your shot. But at the same time, you know, um, it really is platform agnostic. It doesn't matter what music app you use. Well, when I, I had the chance to play the game, and one thing that it sort of reminded me a little bit of is like a gamified version of some type of conversation cards. I think there's different brands of conversation cards. Like one is table topics. And I know, I know that was one that we used as a family when we had kids, you know, younger kids. And I think one of them is like a couple's version of it. Those those conversation topics do lead to some really interesting, revealing things about one another. The game Song Saga is sort of like that. Like it brings out these stories that you never 
would have had any reason to otherwise know about your friends or even sometimes your spouse. And yet it's gamified. So tell us a little bit more about the game side of it and how the game is played. Yeah, sure. I, I love that, by the way. That's probably my one of my many favorite things about Song Sog is how it unlocks those memories and gets people sharing things that otherwise would have never come out, just surfaces them mm-hmm. sort of in a playful and organic way. There's a, a woman who um, said something similar to me the other day. She said, I learned more about my husband in one night of playing Song Saga than in all the years we've been married. And <laughs> wow. you know, I'm, like, I'm like, man, first of all, I'm not sure what that says about your relationship, but, <laughs> but, but awesome. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Good endorsement for the game anyway. (laughs) Yeah. I love that you now have a a tool for connecting with each other better. And (laughs) that's a win. Um, But yeah, in terms of how it's played and how it's winning, I mean, how people win, it it was really interesting in the early days. I mentioned it took me a year from prototype to get to market. And part of that time was spent just playing with people, showing it to people, showing it to people in the game industry, and just trying to understand like if it had legitimacy and value uh, as a product. And one of the... um, Really fascinating things to me from a cultural perspective was that in Australia, when we showed people the game, they were like, oh, wow, that looks really cool. How do we play? And when Mm -hmm. I took it to America, uh, everyone was like, oh, wow, that looks really cool. How do I win? (laughs) And I was like, wow, okay. Yeah. And the real win, as I think you discovered when you were playing with your friends, is that joyful connection and uh, recollection that comes through the sharing of authentic moments that have meaning to you, right? And, Mm -hmm. you know, people sometimes say, well, I'm not really good at telling stories. But when you're telling your own authentic story, you're going to tell it as well as it can possibly be told. And Mm -hmm. because it's genuine, because it's real, because people are listening and connecting and everyone gets a turn, um, Mm -hmm. you're, you you do fine. All right. And you're always going to be telling the best version of that story because it's yours and yours alone. So um, the learnings from that experiment made me kind of go, okay, I have to figure out a way to give people points, you know, like that they can actually win. Because the win for me is that experience of connecting and hearing, learning new things about your friends. And I think what most people discover is, yes, there's a way to play the game and win, but very, very quickly, almost every time we've ever seen anybody play, and I'd be curious to hear about your experience, it devolves from, oh, who cares about the score? This is just great Mm -hmm. hearing your your stuff. So yeah, I mean, like you can win and really quickly the way that that works is there's three kinds of cards in the box. There's green cards, which are designed to spark memories of the music and moments that have meaning to you. And basically when someone pulls a card, that card inspires a song and a story. Everyone shares their song and story, what we call a set. And then there's a vote. Whoever's set is deemed to be the best, the funniest, the weirdest, whatever, by the group, they win a blue card. And the blue card is just called You Rock Cards, and those cards are for helping keep score. But there's a third card in the box also called um, the Gold Card Award. And the gold cards are based on things that we all know about famous celebrities and musicians or things that have actually happened at the MTV Music Awards or the Grammy Awards. Those are cards that people have in their hands from the beginning of play, and they can be given to any player at any time for any reason. So they're sort of like the wild card opportunity for people to score points, even if they're not telling uh, winning rounds uh, with their own stories and songs that can still win points for other things like the Beyonce award, for example, is for the person who plays a song that gets people up and dancing, right? Cause she did that amazing dance at the Grammys or, um, the one that we just put out as a joke was uh, the Will Smith Award for whoever plays a song that really slaps. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I know. Too soon? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, 
anyway, yeah. So that's the, that's the basic gist of it. But ultimately, like it says, like you said, it devolves into more of a conversational evening or event. And you know, we've seen some people will, you know, over a course of four or five hours, they might play three cards, right? Like everyone just really gets into it. And then there's other groups that burn through 20, 50 cards in a night. They're just speed rounding through it. So it's very customizable and people can play how they want. Yeah. I mean, depending on the group that you're with, you really could customize the level of gamification anywhere from using it really not as a game. And just like you said, conversation starters and icebreakers and just kind of guiding the conversation, getting to know each other more, or you can really pull in those blue cards and those gold cards and keep score and to make it more of a game. And the other thing that I like about the customization of it is there's a real variety of topics on the question cards. And the question cards, just to clarify, it is an opportunity for you to share the song. So the question is kind of like, on each one, what's the song and what's the story? So you you come up with a song and, and play it on your app and then also tell a story that kind of goes along with it. But yeah. just to give listeners an idea and a taste of the variety on the cards, I'm just going to read some of them here because there's a real variety. One, your best friend in high school, bedtime, confusing lyrics, best <laughs> lyrics, Brings out the angel in you, brings out the devil in you, (laughs) a significant change in your life. Your parents hate it. They were great live. They were terrible live. Still have the t-shirt. Can't believe you used to like it. Sounds better in a car. Tattoos. And I could keep going. But some of them are more or less G-rated, which adds a little fun to it too, depending on what group you're playing with. But there's a whole variety. And so there is a lot of customization and versatility in the game. Yeah. They're intentionally vague as well, right? So an op to, because how you interpret each card is uniquely your own perception of what that card means, right? Like, and Mm. also like we say in the rules, I think like just because, you know, you might get card, the card might be I don't know, high school dance, right? It doesn't mean that you have to tell the story about your high school dance and remember a song from that night. Mm -hmm. It might remind you of your parents met at a high school dance and it's their story. Or it might remind you of like riding in limos and it takes you to a time that wasn't a school dance at all, but you had this crazy experience in a limo. So you can use it as a springboard to go anywhere. And I, and I, and I love that. Um, sure. The other thing too, that's really interesting. And I'm curious if you observed this many, when you played was that sometimes people will get a card and they'll be like, Oh man, you know, I don't know if I have a song or a story that goes with this. And then what we've seen over and over is people go, well, it kind of makes me think of this band or this, and they pull up the band and their music app. They play the song that they kind of think they know and then mm-hmm. as soon as the notes come out of the speaker, they're like, oh, spring break, 1986. It reminds me of, you know, road trip into Florida. You know, like, and it, like we got a flat uh-huh. tire, blah, blah, blah. Did you notice that, that people, that music kind of triggered the memories for people? Yeah. You know, there are a lot of things that I noticed when I played this that were really fascinating to me. One was some people are really good at pulling out like right away they're like they they name a song title in a band like for example the card weird instrument <laughs> and so somebody got that and immediately she like called out this band and this song and she pulled it up and i was like 
I've heard that song before, but I never noticed the weird instrument. And I never would have immediately thought of that when I saw that card. I was just so impressed. And so she was like really good with that kind of stuff. And then other people, like for me, when I saw the card, I would immediately think of more a story. And so for me, it was more the songs that I would think of were really tied to the story and not so much even a song that I listened to a ton. Like, for example, one was uh, Marriage Proposal. And so what I thought of was the song that was my husband and I had played at our wedding. It was a song from Phantom of the Opera, which was one of our early dates that we went to. And that's, that's a song I don't listen to on Spotify ever. But when right. I think of a song, when I think of our marriage, at, like wedding and proposal and dating, like all that, that's the song that comes to my mind. So for me, the song, the story is much more what comes to my head. At, whereas with other people, sometimes it's that song and the band and the song title right away. Yeah. Interesting. I love the other to, thing like, that was, uh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, sometimes the, uh, the song, it, like what we find is like, sometimes the song can appear three different ways. So it can be sort of like a, a soundtrack to your story. Like, oh, I'm going to tell you the story of when my husband and I went to see Phantom of the Opera. And this is the song I'm going to play it in the background while I tell you the story. Other times mm-hmm. it might be the setup. So you're like, check out this song. And then while, you know, as the song's playing or almost done, you go, now, let me tell you why that song is has meaning to me. And then other times it's a punchline, right? Because you're like, you tell your story and then you go, and this was the song, right? And everyone goes, ah, <laughs> sure. right? So it's like soundtrack setup or punchline. And it can appear, you know, like I said, it's really fun to see how music can play a role in the game in, the, in three different ways like that. Yeah, you're right. I hadn't thought about it like that. But one of the cards that somebody got was grandma. And he pulled out his app and started playing the song that was like... <laughs> A punchline, basically. So like something that would not be his grandma at all. (laughs) And um, the other thing that I was thinking of, too, that I noticed from the game is when we were done playing the game, we we kept bringing in all these song references into our conversation afterward. Like somebody passed something and uh, the only song, the only somebody was shaking the die on a different game and somebody was like, start playing that song, shake that shit. <laughs> and so, um, you know, like people just kept the references coming even when we had moved on to a different game. So it just like gets you in that mindset where you're thinking of songs and song titles and all that. So that That's was cool. fun. Here's a quick break for one of our sponsors. Someone may have told you that art isn't for you but they were wrong. Welcome to Arts for the Health of It, a podcast where you will discover creative ways to improve your health and well-being. Anyone can create Arts for the Health of It. No talent or experience necessary. One of the things I like that I didn't expect uh, was I knew we would discover new music and people would discover new music and that would be exciting. But I didn't realize that I would attach new memories to music that I don't like. And what I, the example there is we played with some friends who have a teenage daughter and every time it was her turn, she would play music that I hated, you know, like auto tune, bad, you know, <laughs> just like, I'm like, I hate this song. But now when I hear this song on the radio, I think of my friend's daughter and her amazing uh. you know, weekend, right? And so, like, it's this really weird thing where I'm like, I don't like this song, but it brings back this pleasant memory. Sure. It's fun because some of those songs, like you said, we, we've all heard them, and yet 
we have different associations with them. So it is really fun to hear other people's associations with them. And then there are other songs that I had never heard before that people were bringing up. And so you get exposed to new songs. Another thing that was interesting is, like I said, the one friend was really good at coming up with artist and or band and song title. Some of the other players were the other friends we were we were playing with were really good at other stuff. Like this one guy who was playing it with it just was so great at coming up with these really interesting stories from his childhood. Like he shared the story about um, he always listened to his parents' music until he got to be a certain age and got a mailing about the Columbia Tape Cassette Club. And so he signed up for this club. And so he's telling the story and he was really getting into it. And he was like, I got 11 tapes in that first shipment that were all new music. It wasn't my parents' music. It was new music I had never heard before. And it just blew my mind. And you could just tell how excited he was when he had gotten it because of how excited he was reliving this memory. And so he, I kid you not, he could remember like every one of those 11 albums that were in that shipment. And it just blew my mind. So it was so fun to hear about this. And I bet his wife had never heard that story before. So it was really fun to see how everyone had a different response. I like the YouTube series that you did where it was like 30 cards in 30 days because you really explain a lot in that series about some of the things that you've been alluding to already in our conversation, different ways that you can interpret the cards or use the cards. It could be a punchline or it could be something more literal. And you do a good job of explaining that in the in the video series. So I'll definitely put a link in the show notes to that. One thing that I definitely want to make sure we have time to talk about is you talk a lot about the power of music as a tool to unlock memory. And I heard you say that you're getting these games into senior living centers to allow a way for families to connect when they're visiting their loved ones. It's a great way to connect the younger generation with the older generation. Tell us more about that, because I was really intrigued with that concept. Yeah, thanks for asking. So uh, it's this is a, a passion project of mine. We haven't done it in a meaningful way yet, but we are working on it. And there's a couple of videos on YouTube with millions of views of you know older people who seemingly are not altogether there or present and someone puts headphones on them and they immediately come to life, you know, regain regain their physicality, regain their composure and awareness. They regain, some of them regain their speech. There's one that I can never forget of a woman who used to be a ballerina and she starts kind of dancing in her wheelchair. Um, yeah, it's you're just like, whoa. So, you know, I, there's no disputing the power of music as a mnemonic device to unlock memory and trigger uh, atomic response. And, and so obviously we want to be able to create that beautiful opportunity for as many people as we can. And so I think the idea with putting Song Saga into aged care facilities was that one of the observations that a friend of mine who works in one of these facilities told me was the families come, you know, the grandparents are in there, the children, their children come because they're obligated to, or they want to, and the grandchildren come because they were dragged along and they have to. And there's this Mm -hmm. very uncomfortable, awkward, experience for everyone where the kids are distracted and don't really understand young kids don't really understand what's going on the parents are you know trying to manage those two different groups of people and it can create a less than ideal kind of yeah. visiting experience right right and so mm-hmm. the idea was that you know if we can get music into the equation and get people 
you know, like there's what, do, how much do you know about your grandparents? Like, I'm sure there was a ton of things I don't know. You know, I never heard about them or didn't know about them or stories uh-huh. that about them that I heard secondhand that I would have loved to have heard from them. So to be able to create an opportunity where the grandchildren can hear these amazing stories from their grandparents about their lives and their parents as well. And vice versa. Like if, the, if we could create a dynamic where that could happen, I think that would be pretty special. So the, yeah. one of the things that we've been trying to do is collaborate with aged care facilities and also a Bluetooth speaker company. And in the, ideally, again, Spotify, if you're listening, um, you know, a music <laughs> app to go into these aged care facilities and set up a program where this can happen. One of my midterm goals is to make this happen and film it and kind of just show people mm. what kind of experience can be had and how they can change this whole relationship with what it means to go visit people you care about who are in aged care facilities. Yeah, I just love that idea. I love I I love grandparents. I uh, and my grandparents all died pretty young, but I had a step grandfather. I had a great aunt who was more like a grandma to me, and so I was able to keep in touch with those people. And when my kids were young, whenever we would go back to Michigan where I grew up, we would visit this great aunt of mine, and I always loved seeing her. She was just an amazing woman. She's since passed away, but just. A very strong woman, very positive, just always looking at the bright side of things. And I always wanted to go back and visit her when I was there. My kids didn't have really any memory of her because we lived hundreds of miles away. And so they only saw her once a year when we went back to visit. And they're kind of like, oh, it smells funny in that nursing home (laughs) when we go visit, you know. Mm. And so one way that we were able to sort of connect when we would visit her is my kids took piano lessons from me. And so we would, my kids and I would play songs on the piano when we would go visit her. And she loved that. The other residents loved it. It was nice for my kids because it was something they were familiar with and they could do rather than sitting there feeling awkward about trying to carry on a conversation. So in a way, music helped kind of facilitate connection in those times when they were young. But man, if we had this game, they would have loved that because every generation loves music and every generation can tell stories about their music. And it's fun to have that common ground with people of a different generation. My kids didn't really have much in common with my great aunt, but if she started talking about the songs that she remembers from her high school dance, then it would really be like, oh, wow, they had high school dances back in the age of dinosaurs, you know, interesting, (laughs) you know, and suddenly that distance isn't so great between them. And so I think that's just a fantastic idea. And I'd love for you to keep me posted on what comes of that. Thank you. Yeah, I will. Yeah, for sure. Aaron, this has been fantastic. Where can people find the game? Sure. I mean, the easiest and best place to buy it is off our website. We ship globally. It's song-saga.com. If you just Google Song Saga, it'll come up. But it is available online at Amazon, of course. We just found out the other day it's in Toys R Us, Walmart. So, I mean, if you if you really want to get a hold of Song Saga, you'll be able to find it wherever is convenient for you. 
Fantastic. Well, I'll definitely include those links in the show notes. And like I said, the link also to your YouTube series where you play 30 cards in 30 days and (laughs) give a little bit of narrative along the way in terms of some tips and hacks with playing the game. I ask all my guests to close out our conversation with a musical ending, a coda, by sharing a song or a story about a moment that music enhanced your life. Is there a song or story that you can share with us in closing today? Yeah. So uh, as we're recording this, it's the 5th of May here in Sydney, Australia. And uh, 5th of May, Cinco de Mayo has always been a very special holiday for me, uh, in part because I lived in Mexico for a year when I was nine years old. And that experience really formed a lot of my personality and character. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, and I just have a, I've always had an, an affinity for Mexico and Mexican culture. And um, so I, because of that, I always threw a Cinco de Mayo party every year, like, you know, f- since basically since I started in college and it became sort of a tradition. And then I would always have this party. And um, many great things have happened on Cinco de Mayo in my life. Cinco de Mayo was the day that I met the woman who became my wife. It was the day I married her. So today is our wedding anniversary. As, and, uh, um, congratulations. Thank How you. many yeah. years? Uh, we were just trying to figure that out. <laughs> we've been together for, <laughs> it's been we've that been long, together. huh? <laughs> no, it hasn't. It's embarrassing. <laughs> we've been we've been together for thirteen, and I think we've worked out, or we've been married for seven. But there was some debate okay. about whether it was six. <laughs> so, um, but yes, uh, and so uh, the so yeah, so Cinco de Mayo is a, a special day for me on many levels. But the story that I wanted to share with you for this show was back when I was living in the U.S. I was racing mountain bikes and kind of working in advertising. And I was really good. I was a really good mountain biker and I was winning lots of races and training all the time. And then suddenly I started losing races and the guys I used to ride with who I was usually faster than started beating me regularly. And I couldn't figure out what was going on. Nothing had changed as far as I knew. And then one day my boss grabbed me in the hallway and he just said, Hey man, are you okay? And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, you've lost a lot of weight really fast you should go to the doctor. So um, I went to the doctor and um, he asked me all the usual questions. You know, he said, you're probably fine. You're young, you're healthy. You probably just need to lay off the booze, get more rest. You know, don't train so hard. Uh, if there's anything weird, I'll, uh, I'll, give you a, I'll give you a call and we'll, we'll do a full blood screen. So testing for HIV and everything else, right? So this is on a Thursday. And then he calls me on a Friday and he's like, hey, uh, I got your blood test back. And I need to talk to you about the results. Can you come in on Monday? Mm-hmm. And so Monday, so I have this whole weekend to try and like mm-hmm. <laughs> freak out and yeah, panic about right. like, <laughs> what the hell is wrong with me that he can't tell me over the phone. And I become right. convinced that I have HIV and I'm going to die. And uh-huh. so Monday comes around and I go to the doctor and he's like, okay, so I'm not hundred percent sure what's going on, but I want to do some more tests. I'm going to refer you to the specialist, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, Hey man, I've been struggling with this all weekend. I need you to just tell me what you think. And he's like, well, mm-hmm. I think it might be leukemia. And I'm like, ah, oh, thank God. And he's like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> my whole career, I've never had that response. <laughs> And I was like, well, you're kind of a jerk, man. You, the, the, the last thing you said to me as I walked out the door was, do you want me to test for HIV? And I was like, yes. And then I spent all weekend convinced that was what my prognosis was going to be. So that was Cinco de Mayo. It was the 5th of May when I found out I had leukemia. And I had uh, already purchased tickets to go see G-Love and Special Sauce at a place called the Cat's Cradle in Carborough, North Carolina. It was At the time, I was living in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. 
you know, so I came home from the doctor and I tell all my friends, like, you know, you're not going to believe what happened to me. I just found out I have leukemia. And they're like, oh, no, this is terrible. Like, you know, we'll come over. We'll hang out. We don't have to go to the concert. It's, you know, no big deal. It's totally okay. And I'm like, no, no, no. We are all, we're going to that show and we're going to rage. We're going to have a, we're going to go hard. I literally had found out three or four hours earlier that I had this, what potentially felt like a death sentence at the time. Uh And there was just like no way that I wasn't going to, you know, go out with a bang. And so we went to G Love and we sat in the front row or stood in the front row and danced and, you know, sang and just had the best time. And the Mm -hmm. song that goes with that story for me is My Baby's Got Sauce. Which I don't know if you know G-Love, but my baby's got sauce. Your baby ain't sweet like mine. She got sauce. You know that song? I don't. No. Keep singing. Uh, it's terrible. You're, like, you're into it though. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Check it out. G-Love and Special Sauce. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, it's, I mean, he's great. Yeah. He's really good. So yeah, that's my coda. That is quite the story of... All the things that have happened to Erin on the same day down through so many years. So thank you so much to Erin for joining us today and for enhancing lives with music through the creation of Song Saga. Erin is giving away a free copy of Song Saga to a listener. Go to song-saga.com slash podcast and enter Enhance Life with Music in the podcast name of where you heard about the game to be entered into a drawing for a free copy. I'll put pictures in the show notes of our game night playing Song Saga with friends. All links from today's episode, including a transcript of the episode, can be found in the show notes at mpetersonmusic.com slash podcast. This is episode 135. A link to the page is also in the episode details right in your podcast app. If you know someone who would enjoy this game, either to play with friends or to connect family generations, or because they work with seniors, please share the episode with them directly or on social media. It's easy to do right in the podcast listening app. Just tap the three dots and then share episode. That will give you options to share by text, email, social media, and more. As always, you can connect with me on email, minty at mpetersonmusic.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn. Thank you so much for joining me today. Until next time, may your life be enhanced with music.